Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. It's only been a couple of weeks, but we are ready to see Liverpool get back in action after a pretty boring international break. So after a solid win against West Ham, the Reds look to continue their recent run of form into this next week with games against Southampton and Sevilla. I'm your host, Joey Vishny, and here to talk about those games as well as our squad and how they've been performing. I've got the Coastal Boys with me tonight. So we've got Jeff Hallett in Orange County. Jeff, what's going on? Hey, Joey. Good to be back. Been bored as... Uh, four-letter word I can't say on this pod. International break, be done. Let's have our team back. Yeah, absolutely, right? And we got Painter, Brian Painter in New York. What's going on, man? What, what's up, buddy? And a four-letter word I can say on this pod is, hell yeah. <laughs> right? Board as fuck, board as hell, whatever it is. Either way. It's been, it's been pretty Technically brutal. Technically two paints, but who's counting? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's been brutal. But all right, let's just go ahead. Gentlemen, opening question. Uh why does Notre Dame always let you guys down? Oh, great. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that's a, that's a seven-letter word. You can take that to the bank, pal. <laughs> brutal. Just brutal. You guys were here, what, two weeks ago when they, yeah. they ran over. Who was it that you guys got to NC see? NC State. Yeah, NC that's right. State. Yeah, and then just Fuck tough, you. tough last weekend. Sorry, you know. Everyone in Chicago, it's like, Again, it's like probably a quarter of the city loves them and are obsessed with them, and then everyone else just hates them. So it's kind of a funny, funny dynamic here in Chicago for sure. But I, I, I like that quarter. Um, so why does why do they always let us down? Why does Liverpool always let us down? Fair I mean, question. That was kind of the segue right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's like we get our hopes built up. They get on a winning streak, and we're feeling no pain, and everything's wonderful. And then they go and get rolled by Spurs or they go and get rolled by Miami. I mean, it's just, it, it, it just never ceases to amaze me. Like, I think I, I said this on the Slack channel, um, our Slack channel that, uh, why does my, why, why do all my favorite teams have this ungodly amount of disappointment in them that they can just crush me every weekend? <laughs> and it, I just, I can't explain it. Um, I'm hoping that doesn't continue now after the international break, but goodness knows we're never good after international breaks, or at least we're not consistent enough after international breaks. Yeah, well, speaking of international break, before we go ahead and move on to the squad and then the preview of the games that we got coming up, let's just go ahead and, and talk a little bit about it. We have uh, three players who made their first senior caps for their teams, Albi Moreno, Big Joe Gomez, and Big Dom Solanke. Let's go ahead and, and start off with Albi. He he made a, a sub appearance, so not too much to see, but it was just good to to have him get uh, his first full senior cap, Jeff. And listen, the way he's been playing this season, he deserved it. He sure did, and I still stand corrected as his biggest critic probably on this pod for the last couple of years, and the, the jet has come true, and it's good to see him get acknowledgement at – the national club level, I mean, there's a lot of talent on that team. A lot of former Liverpool players, Nostas and Suso. But, I mean, this call-up was certainly worthy, um, given how he's played up to this point and projects through the rest of the year. Yeah, and Luis Alberto got a call-up, too. So it's pretty funny to see those <laughs> former Liverpool players 
uh, who <laughs> were getting called. So I wanted to keep Sue, so I know we didn't really have a position or place for him in the squad, but um, it's just funny to see how they leave Liverpool and then go do well for the respective clubs. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see Alpi get up there. I mean, obviously, Jordi Alba is ahead of him. I mean, just, just glad he's getting some recognition, especially for the way that they play, how they possess the ball and attack. I think he fits in well with that system, kind of like a poor man's Jordi Alba in a way. So uh, another name, a painter, Big Joe Gomez. He got the man of the match against Brazil. Um, and he, he did pretty well against Neymar. I mean, he, he had a solid game, and that's good news uh, that, that we're seeing Big Joe Gomez come back after this injury, a, a brutal injury, and perform the way he has been. Well, in fairness, I didn't watch the game. Um, I saw the highlights, but I didn't watch the game. But from all accounts, he played phenomenally. Uh, I did see a couple of his slide tackles and him getting stuck in, and they put him in center center back, and God knows we need a center back to be good. <laughs> um, and keeping Neymar, Coutinho, uh, Firmino came in, I mean – Obviously, we know Coutinho and Firmino very well, and Neymar uh, goes without saying. But, you know, you, you keep those guys quiet for – oh, and, and, and Jesus as well, you know. So you keep those guys quiet for 90 minutes, and you walk out of there with a with a draw. I mean, you have to be pleased with yourself. And Solanke uh, getting some minutes with the first team, you know, that's all good. I mean, that, that's such a big confidence boost, especially for 20, 21-year-old kids. I, you have to be pleased for him, um, and then playing well on uh, against a quality team like Brazil, who's odds-on favorite to win, you know, the 2018 World Cup in Russia. So, wait, it's it, not it, the USA who's, who's no. the favorite to win the World Cup? No, 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 no. no but did you hear that they're they're contemplating uh, all the teams that didn't make the World Cup uh, a tournament that uh, before the World Cup the NIT uh, ESPN, World Cup version? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the NIT tournament. It's terrible. <laughs> get Wales in there. Get you the U.S. in there. Get I mean, you got, but I mean, you got some good teams. You got Ghana. You got Italy. You got Holland. You got uh, the both. Uh, I think you got both Ireland squads in there as well. I mean, it could be it could be interesting. It'd definitely be fun. I would oh, I would definitely call that. that. Uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. I definitely watch it, but. Uh, no, you got to be pleased for those boys, and uh, you know it'll it'll do their confidence a world of good when when they come back into the side here uh, to kick on the uh, the busy season uh, with the run of fixtures that we have coming up over the next two months. So uh, I'm, I'm made up for Joe, made up for Solanke, and you know Joe showed he can play center back against world class talent. So I think you got to I think that's got to be in Jurgen's back the back of his head saying why don't we give joe a run a run of games here it better be in the back of his head i mean in the back of his <laughs> mind it, it better be because joe's been playing some some solid footy since he's been coming back and Solanke, the the late call up was just great to have him up there it's just like you're talking about confidence for the young guys and he comes on and doesn't lack any of it just gets a nice little nutmeg right when he gets on and you know it's prompt they're promising signs for these guys and especially for the money that we paid for Joe, just a really small fee to get him from Charlton, I believe it was. Um, and, you know, I actually think we had to pay Charlton like 350000 or something like that because he got his first, uh, you know, cap for England. But hopefully there's many more to come for all three of those all three of those players um, and, and long may their, their run of form continue. So 
really happy with those young guys. A couple other players on international break. Uh, you know, you just mentioned Painter, Coutinho, and Firmino. Biggest news is, is that they didn't get injured, and uh, Coutinho is fit, obviously. <laughs> being you know, so he'll be able to come back into the squad and play. Um, so that's that's the main thing that I, that I took out of that is like I don't care how many minutes they get or how they look, just obviously no injuries away on their national break is the main thing. And then Mane provided a beautiful assist for Sako, and that and he actually that helped them secure Senegal's place in the World Cup. So really happy for for Mane and Senegal. It's going to be exciting to see them play in the World Cup. Really looking forward to that. He had well, Mane Mane come back with an injury though, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he picked I just, up a. Like aggravated a, uh, hammy. Yeah, aggravated again. hamstring. I'm wondering if that was just, you know, an act. I'm wondering if that wasn't fully serious. Um, it, I don't know. It just uh, that's that's what I'm hoping. It didn't seem like a big deal. And Mane kind of seems like one of those Suarez types who, um, you know, if they do get injured, even though it feels like Suarez never got injured, but when they do, they just they return way quicker than than expected because what Mane was supposed to, he returned what two three weeks early from his his uh, recent injury so um, it's I'm hoping again that that's just nothing too serious and that he'll be playing at the weekend against well, I don't I mean my I mean my two cents on that is I don't know if you want him playing at the weekend to be honest like if he aggravated that I might even be of the mindset that you sit him for this weekend because you got Sevilla on Tuesday and then you have Chelsea the following weekend yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't mind sitting him. The only thing is, is I, I don't know. I just love when players play against their former clubs. I feel like something extra comes out. Yeah, fair enough. I'm just saying from a from a longevity standpoint, sure. right? We we're coming into the busy season uh, with end of November, December, and January with the holidays, and you know we've got so many fixtures coming up. It's just insane. I don't know if you just say, hey, listen, Monty, take it off, or you leave him on the bench, and if you, you know, in, in case of emergency, break glass type of thing with Monty. But, um, you know, we should have enough quality to get over on Southampton without Monty. If, if, if Phil and the boys are back. Yeah, definitely, and and that's the hope. But Jeff, I just wanted to throw a couple out before we move on to, to Liverpool. Ben Woodburn got his fifth cap for Wales. Danny Ward started for Wales. And then Andrew Robinson got a solid 90 minutes, even though they lost to Netherlands. So just those are three names of, of players that, that aren't playing right now that we hope have a future with Liverpool. Um, I mean, are, in terms of any of those three players, are you hoping to see them play for Liverpool anytime soon? Clearly Woodburn. Uh, he's performed so well at a national team level for Wales consistently. I think it's time, uh, and we've had every time you see Bobby out on the left, you, you think Woodburn, right? Couldn't Woodburn do a more capable job there? We hate seeing Bobby there, so got some cup games still to come with FA in the offing. So why not see him there? I mean, it's just high time. You saw him get a glimpse at the end of last season, and I think he's earned that that spot. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree that, you know, in, in some other cup games, I would love to be able to see Woodburn play. He's been been playing really well um, for, for Wales. And Danny Ward got the start. Hopefully we'll be able to see Danny Ward in some more cup games, especially with the goalkeeper situation, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. Uh, Albie's been playing really, really well. I'm sure Robinson has been pushing him into maybe a little bit better form. 
Uh, but in general, it's weird how we've always had left back problems and suddenly we have two capable left backs, which is good to have. So we'll go ahead now and move on to Liverpool and Jeff. I'm going to come back to you. Just got some pretty brutal news. Nathaniel Klein is out for another three months after that back surgery. So it's supposed to be something along the lines of February. I don't know if that's going to happen. It seems like this has been lingering for a while. And it also seems that he's having a bunch of setbacks like this one right here. And it's been a tough loss. He's He's been a huge loss for us. I know we got Gomez and uh, Trent playing there, but he was our best defender. And, and now it, it's been showing this season for sure. And especially with Gomez, one of few, if not the only capable backup at this point for our favorite center back from Croatia. You'd like to see him rotate in, but because you've had Klein out, you're not going to see many minutes at this point. And back in on a late 20-year-old is not a good equation typically. So we, we're not, you know, privy to all the issues that, you know, what back is hurting and what the problem is, mystery to press and Liverpool Nation alike. So that it's minimal, you know, if there's even such a thing in back injuries. But, yeah, it's been a huge loss to the club, and you just worry about the projections going forward for Klein. And I'm not alone in saying I want I want Gomez in, in our back pair. Love for him, all the mistakes. I'd like to see that sooner versus later, especially if we're not going to see a Van Dyke walking through the door come Jan, Jan 1, Jan 30. Just like you just pointed out there, we'd like to see Joe in, a, in a, the back, you know, the, the center back pairing, especially with, you know, how he just played for England and what we all expect from him uh, in, in the future. So having Nathaniel Klein, if he would have been able to come back from injury, which is what we thought around this time, it would have been nice to get some st- stability in that back line. Uh, Painter, you can go ahead and touch on that. And then also Lalana's back in full training right now. And obviously Coutinho just featured for Brazil. So those two guys should be back which is a huge boost for us, but um, just a little opinion on Klein as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it's unfortunate for Nathaniel Klein. I mean, he he was a rock last year, uh, played through a lot of injuries and stuff like that, and obviously that's he's paying the price for that right now. <clears throat> as Jeff mentioned, you know, players in their late 20s are, you know, when they get serious injuries like back surgery – it usually doesn't bode well for them coming back and being at top form. I would, I would, I would venture to say we don't see Nathaniel Klein the rest of this season, um, or we might see him, you know, sparingly in the substitute roles at the end of this season. I just don't think he's going to make it back. And I think, provided that Gomez and Trent can hold the fort. I just don't think that uh, they're going to rush Klein back because at at his age, you know, I think he's pushing 28 now. Um, You'd rather have him for another two or three good seasons, you know, 29, 30 type of stuff um, back and then move him on. uh, So you don't have to rush, you know, you you, you you don't have to rush him back if if Gomez and Trent are playing well. And, And so far they have been playing pretty well. And, and, you know, the, it would be nice if you could move Gomez back into the central defense. He obviously played excellently against Brazil, and that would be 
a huge boost. Uh, might be the center back pairing of the future. If you can get a Van Dyke deal done and you put him with Gomez and um, that could be interesting because uh, they're two big, you know, physical lads that can, you know, throw it around and, and they're both athletic and uh, Gomez obviously was one of the, I think he was clocked. It was one of the fastest sprinters on the team um, in the early part of the season when, you know, you're, you're sitting there with Sala and Mane and uh, Ox and, and, you know, all the speed that we have on the front line. So, you know, all in all, I think, uh, I think you don't rush climb back and I think you, you keep Gomez and, and Trent uh, taking over on the, on the right-hand side in terms of like Lana coming back, I, you know, Amen to that. I mean, Huge I, that I he's think, coming back. Yeah, really I think is. he. I I think he's. We've missed him so much, and I don't think everybody gives them gives him the due credit that uh, that he deserves. He's he's the one that keeps us pressing. He's the one that keeps us turning over. He's the one uh, from from a leadership perspective. He leads from the front. He's a former captain at Southampton. I think we're going to see a different Liverpool team with him back in the side. I mean, there was a Twitter picture going around of Henderson, like on his back, giving him like a lot of man love. And everybody knows that him and Henderson are, are mates. And I just think he's a big boost to this team. And I think you'll see a different Liverpool. And Jesus, if, if, if we come up against the low block slot, uh, low block slot sides, you'll see, a front line of Mane, Firmino, and Salah. Behind them, you'll have Lolana and Coutinho. That has a lot of potential to break down some of those little block slides that we tend to that we tend to uh, have problems with. So I, I'm just made up that Lolana's back, um, and our depth in our team is just insane right now. It's unlike anything we've seen in the last five years. Yeah, and so. Do you go ahead and throw him in there in the starting lineup again, or is it kind of just uh, you know uh, horses for courses? Like you you throw him in against a low block side, maybe versus Genie when you need a little bit more robust type of midfield. I mean, are you immediately just throwing him into your first eleven? Not well. You you can't throw him in the first eleven against Southampton. I you know he's been off for what? Well, sure. When he's fully fit, though, like yeah. like let's say in a week or two, he is been one of those trigger uh, the trigger men for our counterattacking press against those type of sides right so it'd be interesting to see what he does at Chelsea um, but I certainly think you you know he he marches back into the side if he's fit um, and then the real decision is what you do with Coutinho do you play you know like a Chan Hendo or Genie in the six and put Coutinho and Lalana in front of him and play three across the top. It, it'll be really interesting. He, you know, the exciting thing is, is we have so many options now that Klopp has to be like, okay, finally we have depth and you're going to have champions league uh, games in midweek uh, the next couple weeks. So you're going to have to figure that out too, right? It's not just a league, right? We need to make it through. We're still fighting for, you know, the, in the group stages, um, there's still a chance we cannot go through. We're in pole position right now, but we still need results against Sevilla um, and uh, with Shakhtar. And, you know, so you're going to have to have, uh, you know, a couple different formations to go into those games. 
Oh, completely agree. And like you were just saying, it's depth right now because that's something that this team hasn't had in a while. When everyone's fit, we have an abundance of it. Maybe not, you know, maybe except for the center back position. But yeah, it's it's going to be great to have him back. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's it's just it's going to be, uh, I, you know, over the past couple of years. I don't want to say I've been a little on a critic. I've just been sort of on the fence with him. Initially, it was he needed to produce more, but um, you can see that we've missed him clearly since he's been out. So really looking forward to having him back. Uh, let's go ahead and just assess a little bit more of the squad before we move on to the previews. Jeffrey, a little bit of a... I don't want to keep saying it's a situation, but like with the goalkeepers, it's just, oh, Miggs has a good game. Then everyone's like, oh, you know, that's why he's our number one. And then he has a bad game. And it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, we should we should be starting Carriers or Ward or at least give Ward some game time. Where do you stand on this? And is it a matter of we need to keep Mignolet in between the posts because he is just, he has the experience and he's played the most games. I know he got the, the captain's armband and I'm sure a lot of people are saying, well, yeah, he has the most experience, but... It's it's just a frustrating situation right now, and I think some people are calling just to see Ward because they you know they he had a good season with Huddersfield, albeit in the championship, but he you know I think he probably deserves a little bit of game time here. Yeah, I mean between Carius, between Ward, uh, and Minulay has reverted back to old Minulay, which is inconsistent. Has good games, has bad games, and can any of us get the thought of? that Wembley horror of, you know, the four, one Spurs out of our head. I don't think we can. I mean, it's too fresh. And that performance was clearly bad Mignolet. So if he wants to keep a spot, he's got to remain consistent. Klopp's tried to make a system work with two goalkeepers, one for premier league and one for champions champions league. Um, I think Ward, to your point, needs to get some minutes. Uh, hasn't been getting minutes in the cup games, the regional cup games. So if Minule is going to be inconsistent circa 15-16, then it's time to rotate in at least Ward. Uh, Ward's not getting any minutes, uh, you know, at least versus mid-table, lower-table sides. I think he deserves it. Should have seen him in, you know, between the sticks for Huddersfield at minimum. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he might have been injured for that game, and I think that's when we were hoping to see him. But I, I do agree with you. And Jeff, uh, you make a good point there that he, he just deserves. We, I mean, whether it's deserving or not, like I just want to see him play, see what he has, because he's the same age as Carius. So if Carius is getting this game time, I'd like to see Ward get it as well. I know Carius has had a little bit more experience, but especially with Ward just getting the start for Wales. Uh, he's a part of the the national team, and so Painter. I mean, it's uh, you know it's clear that Karius is going to be the Champions League starter for as long as we're in the competition. And I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him play against Sevilla because it's gonna, it's a really important game for us in the group. It's against the second best side, in my opinion, in the group other than Liverpool, and, and it's going to be you know a, a crucial game kind of kind of a big pressure game you know it's it's one of those where you don't determine this you know how good a keeper is obviously with just one game but he really could potentially start to change people's minds with how he plays on Tuesday so you know with a little bit of Carius or at least that we know that Carius is gonna be playing the Champions League game where does that leave you with the Mignolet Ward situation in the league well Mignolet had a clean sheet in international 
duty. So you got to give him that. <laughs> With competent Uh-oh. players ahead of him, though. So. <laughs> True, he has Alderweireld in front of him. That that's a, in, in fairness, that's a, that's a big upgrade from our uh, from our cast of characters. But you know, listen, I don't think we have a definitive number one keeper like so and that's a problem i'm not that's that's i'm no but i'm not i'm not sold yeah but i'm not sold on carius i'm not sold on minulay and danny ward's unproven i mean i i know he had a great you know loan spell last season in the championship but it's still the championship he's never he's never done it on the top level so in as much as you want to say he's promising that's just it. He's got a lot of potential, but you know, how many times have we seen potential kind of burn out and fizzle? So um we don't have a David De Gea. We don't have a Quatois. We don't have a Larice that's proven international talent. So for me, I don't care who we put in goal. I think it's all of about the same. You know what I mean? Like it's not like we have one person that's a glaring number one, everybody has their faults, at least at this point. And I don't really think it's matters between Carius, Minulay, or Ward at this point. I just think it's, you know, who's on the hot run of form. And you kind of got to play them all to figure out who's, you know, who's feeling their, you know, feeling their oats. So you just said in my opinion right there, like you, you just said it for me is that, we know you got you got to play them all. We know what Minulay is. We've known for years now what he is. We don't know what Ward can be, so why not give him some minutes? I, I don't disagree, and I think we should. And I think the whole thing of going out of the League Cup early kind of screwed that all up, right? Um, you know, that was going to be his competition where he was going to be able to prove himself. I think the FA Cup. You know, the games that are coming up here um, and that the fact that he I would play Ward in those games to see, you know, what he's all about. And if he can, uh, you know, command the game and, you know, and, and do himself some uh, some justice. The the issue I have, though, is that I don't know. You're right. On Minulay, he we know what he is. We've had him for, what, four years now. And that's pretty much what we're going to get. Like he's he's in his late twenties. That's Minulay. He is what he is. So you got to come to the decision in the league. Are you willing to take the chance of putting Ward or Carius into a league situation? If Minulay's form dips, then yeah, totally. But as long as we're winning games, and right now we're going to have a very winnable set of fixtures. Uh, you can argue Chelsea's going to be a tough match. Um, you know, next weekend. But beyond that, we're going to have a very winnable eight games um, other than Chelsea here coming up and we, which we should all win and comfortably. So are you really going to take them out in that run of fixtures? Probably not as long as we're winning. So arguably, I think we're kind of, we've kind of got our goalkeeping situation in a really difficult situation or difficult spot because you can't, you can't take Minule out and put Karius in. And then I, I'm not a big fan of subbing, subbing goalies in and out of the game, especially with how shaky our back line is as, as it is. Um, I think you need some consistency back there. So I'm, I'm kind of torn on this whole Minule, Karius and Ward situation. 
And would I love to just say De Hayes our goalie and full stop? Absolutely, but we just don't have that. Yeah, sure, I agree with you there. I think the fact that Karius is going to be in the Champions League leaves you know the the opening for War to come into the league. So only time will tell with that. But Jeff got three pretty big games coming up with Southampton, Sevilla, and Chelsea. Does Dejan Lovren feature in any of those games? <laughs> If you're asking me or if you're asking Klopp. I, 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 of how, how about both? <laughs> Jeff, how about, how about both? A, do you, would you yeah, realistically want him to? Yeah, German and I've got an awesome, you, you know, pepper-flaked, salt and pepper-flaked beard and, and say, you know, good moment, good way. Yeah, no no loving for me personally, but of course he's going to make it into the starting 11 in two, if not all three of those matches. That, that's just the pecking order. You still see something and. Lovren that I can't see. I don't think anybody on this pod can really see. So you'll see him. You'll see Matip, all the usual characters in the in the back line, and we're going to see errors as a result of that. But I think on the front end with Southampton, you know, they, they seem to have a hard time getting reaching the back of the net. Gabby Adini not having one of the greatest seasons he's had. Uh, so I think we've got some hope, at least on the front end of those fixtures. Yeah, let's hope so. I know Obviously, like I was just mentioning, some players play better against their, their previous sides. But, I mean, I just – I don't know. With Klavan performing the way he is with all these Cruyff turns, it's it's going to be tough <laughs> to have him be dropped from, from the Crush. first team 11. So, let's go ahead and, Jeff, let's, let's go back to you and move on to Southampton. Yep. It doesn't seem like it's a big game, but it, it is. It is for, in order for us to keep our form going because we're, you know, three on the bounce and – and you just want to obviously continue that run of form, and we have the chance to against uh, a Southampton side that has been struggling. They, they, they definitely have been. I mean, they're sitting 13th in the table right now, only on 13 points. Um, they, they, I think, their, their last couple of fixtures, I mean, I know they, they just lost to Burnley. They tied Brighton. They barely yep. beat West Brom. They, tie, they drew at uh, with Newcastle, lost to Stoke, and then lost to Man U. So they're... They have like what, uh, you know, one win in their last. I think it is something like six games. So I guess if you're, there's ever a time to play them, right now would be that time. Even though it's after international break, so the, the hope is is that we just yep. go in there and you know kind of beat down a, a slightly damaged team with no no confidence. Yeah, it's a club that's struggling for direction. You've cut ownership that's been in shambles. You've had the managing situation since Kuman left sort of embarrassing and you, the side reflects it. No, no accident, right? Um, they've had troubles going forward. They have troubles scoring with their offense. Van Dyke is, uh, you know, rare marquee piece in the back line. You've, Yoshida, I couldn't, I, I don't think I'd start him on my, in our back line, or maybe I would over love run in our case, but I don't get <laughs> our back line capable. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, I think it's, if there's any time to be playing Southampton, it's right now. And thank God, because we've got a bit of uh, frailties of our own. Yeah, absolutely. And Painter, although Van Dyke hasn't been having the greatest season, he is coming back from an injury. I'm wondering if maybe you see sort of the best of Van Dyke in this game, wanting to maybe prove a point. Uh, Yoshida's a, a, a decent center back. Van Dyke, though, hasn't been having the greatest season. They haven't shipped too many goals, but... Uh, you know, I just I feel like there's going to be a little extra something in this game for him. So it would just be like Virgil Van Dyke to come in and play a blinder against us, and 
I could totally see that happening. Uh, he played exceptionally well when he played against us last time. Uh, he wants a move to Liverpool. He said as much during the offseason. He for, tried to force a move through, so on and so forth. Uh, I could see him playing absolutely amazing against us, probably scoring from a set piece because God right. knows we love to give up a set piece. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think it's really going to come down to him. I think we're going to attack on the wings which is going to take him out of the game uh, for the most part. Uh, we don't have a a center forward that is of the ilk of like a Morata from Chelsea or a Lukaku from United where they, they're they going to have a, you know, a point man that they're going to focus on or a target man. We're not going to do that. We're going to come down the wings. We're going to have Coutinho coming in and playing, you know, cute little one-twos with those guys. We're going to use our pace down the wing. So I don't know if we're going to, if Van Dyke's going to play a massive role other than he might come up and, you know, you know, use a six, four frame to bang a header in against Lovren. Cause God knows that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> unmarked. <laughs> unmarked. Like he literally Lovren was unmarked uh, or had a header go in uh, when he was playing for Croatia. I think he plays for, yeah. He, he completely got done on a corner uh, when he was playing on international duty. But anyways, um, I do think Southampton are tidy defensively. They're tight. Uh, Romeo is a tremendous central defensive midfielder. Yeah, I think he does a, Yeah, I think he does a really good job. Um, and, you know, you put him in front of Van Dyke and he does – you know, he's going to mop up, he's going to clean up, and we've got to figure out a way to break them down where we're not going right down their throats. So I think we got to work cut out for them because they don't chip a lot of goals. Uh, and they're very, they're going to come and sit and uh, sit deep. We haven't scored on them in three games, uh, dating back to, I think, the, what is it, the, the cup last year, uh, the Carling Cup last year, whatever the name of it is these days. But, um, you know they're gonna they're they're gonna cause us problems, and hopefully we have the pace on the wings to to break them down. And Coutinho comes back, and um, you know he he provides a little magic in the midfield. But I think you know defensively they're always going to be you know a problem for us to handle, and they've been proving that again this season that they've been strong defensively. They don't offer much going forward. Uh, Gabadini uh, Gabadini was awful for Italy in international break. I mean, he provided no creativity and obviously Italy will be sitting this one out just like the United States are, um, which I don't makes me not feel as bad that the United States is sitting this out because Italy is sitting it out. But, you know, I can't I take believe it's crazy by the way yeah. to Sweden. It was, I, I watched the, I watched, I watched the game and literally Sweden. I, I, I mean, we could get into a whole Italy conversation about this, but <laughs> But Gabby, he, they start Gabby Adini and they have Insignia on the bench. And I'm like, wait a second. This guy scored 20 goals in Serie A oh, and you're picking Gabadini over Insignia? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Anyways, I don't think Gabadini's in any type of good form. Uh, thank goodness because I don't know if Lovren and Matip could handle somebody in good form. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. There's that, um, but I, I, they're definitely going to be strong defensively. And I think with Van Dyke, I, I think he's going to start coming into form like he did last season. Remember, he was 
he didn't do any preseason training with the team. So you got to kind of take that into consideration. The fact that he's essentially two months into his training, which is where he would have been in September right now, um, because he wasn't training with the team all, all summer. So, um, I think you'll see the best of Van Dyke here coming through the next couple months, but hopefully he doesn't get the better of us uh, at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just like you were saying, the recent run against Southampton has not been good. I mean, in in 14-15, we played well against them. We had four wins and a draw. And then since then, since that 6-1 trouncing in uh, the the League Cup, we haven't won a single game. We've, we've We've lost three times and drew twice. So, not the greatest of luck and against Southampton and you know since 2015 so hopefully this game will change a couple of things and, and turn it around um, you know it's we really need this win to continue with our momentum especially going into the Champions League game and then against Chelsea so let's go ahead Jeff and talk about that Champions League game yeah so with Sevilla I mean yeah it's a battle for who can solidify top spot coming out of the group and the way things went down in Anfield, it was a wonderful first half that became destructive as we moved into the second half. <laughs> Not exactly the result that we were looking for after such a promising finish, but it, this is our shot to, you know, stamp our identity on Sevilla and the group and hopefully build some momentum going into the knockout stages. So it's a huge game for Klopp. It's going to be a hostile environment. You'd expect that. Uh, Sevilla is not. No slouch of a side um, with all of our history going back to the Europa League final. So it's uh, it's put up or shut up time for Klopp, and I, I think our boys will be prepared. Uh, not dissimilar to how they showed up to Hoffenheim to start that uh, that return leg, or at least that, uh, that that pair to get into Champions League in the first place. I think we're going to bring a lot of that same energy to this game, I, I hope anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's put up our shot up right now for sure. And again, like I was saying, Painter, this is just, it's a crucial game and it could give us the chance to get some young guys, maybe get some minutes in, in the later Champions League games in terms of uh, the, the group stages. Yeah, I mean, we win, we go through. It's as simple as that. You know what I mean? Like it's, you you can't break it down any other way, right? Because you've got to assume that, uh Moscow is going to go through or at least going to win against Marabal because they're fucking awful. <laughs> um, so <laughs> um, if we win, we go through because Chel- or, uh, Sevilla are likely going to win their next game against Marabal. So, um, you know, at the very least, we've got to be playing to get a point um, with Moscow coming to and feel that uh, for the last round of the game. But a win, to your point, allows us to play all the kids in that last group stage game because we'll have, you know, made it through to the final. Um, And likely Moscow will have made it through to the final as well. So they're going to probably play their kids. Um, So it's a massive game. I think we owe Sevilla from, you know, the uh, Europa League final and we'd like to get one over on them. Uh, we're on the road, though, uh, in Europe, so that's usually a tricky affair. Tough place and, to play, too. And it, yeah, totally tough place to play. Uh, they're a good side. Uh, they have quality uh, up and down their line. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we come out with a strong lineup and that we put it to them early uh, and that we play. They're going to have to come on to us because they need to win more than we do. So, and they're at home. So we'll likely see one of Klopp's patented counterattacking sides um, and counterattacking strategies, which has always bode well for us uh, in these types of games. So I'm optimistic that we're going to get the result. Uh, we need at least a point. Otherwise, it becomes a dicey affair. Uh, but we do have the last game at home, uh, you know, against Moscow. So uh, which, again, gives me confidence that we'll go through to the group uh, from the group stages into the knockout stages. So, uh, again, I don't know who we have in the next round or what group we have in the next round. But, again, you you don't want to be facing the number one team from the other group. Uh, right. more times than not. So uh, being the top in your group is probably a good thing if we want to make it, uh, you know, further in the knockout stages of the of the Champions League. So uh, it's a massive game. Uh, we have a lot to prove. Uh, and I think we come out and, and, and play very aggressive, in my opinion. Yeah, and Sevilla's had a mixed run of results the past couple of months. They got spanked by Spartak. Uh, 5-1 in the Champions League, but then they came back to beat them 2-1 the next time around. But they've also shipped four goals against Valencia, um, so they, they can be had. Um, and, and that's the hope, obviously, going into this game, is that we can put you know the ball in the back of the net. And with Salah playing the way that he is and having the front three be healthy, I mean, it, it could be hopefully a you know multiple goal game and, and multiple goal wins. So, gentlemen... Going ahead, and before we give our score predictions, is there anyone before we get out of here that you might like to see feature in either the Southampton or the Sevilla game? Maybe someone like an Ox or a Sturridge or anyone else? I'll so tell you who I don't want to feature. I'll, I'll tell you who I don't want to feature. Lovren. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, uh, no you're all serious. seriousness, though. Yeah, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm right there with you. So, yeah. <laughs> No shit, Joe. <laughs> but is there, yeah, anyone, is there anyone, Jeff, that you do want to see featured in the next couple of games? I, I do want to see uh, more of Vox. I thought he showed well in the last fixture, so let, let's see a little bit more of him, see if there isn't more magic from his foot. I think we could use the depth in, in midfield, and his speed is venerable, so why not get get a little bit more of that? I think you'll see him ro- rotate in, if not in one of Klopp's signature 70th-minute 70th uh, rotations, uh, so... We'll probably see him in you know late in one of the games, and all year I've been looking for more Robertson. I mean, I know Alvy's been doing a good job up and down the left side, but I think you Robertson want to replace should... our best left back, the best left back in Europe, with Robertson. Come on, kid. <laughs> no, me, I baby. want to see uh, best left back in the league. Like what for half a season? Fantastic. <laughs> good for you, buddy. Maybe you should too. <laughs> no, we love we love him. I'm stand corrected, but there's no real competition unless Robertson sees the grass. So let's get him on the pitch. You know, sub minute the 70th minute, which Cobb is so good at doing. But give him a chance. Yeah, give I Robertson mean, a chance. I I hear you, but why would you take out somebody who's performing well uh, to to put Robertson in the game? Now listen, I'm not saying Robertson's not going to be a good player for us, and he's not going to be. Uh, an amazing left back down the road and stuff like that. But Albie, you know, he just got his call up to the Spanish national team. He's probably on cloud nine right now. He's probably feeling no pain. 
leave him in and let him just go. Like yeah, he's, he's got playing a lot of confidence well. right now too. No, <laughs> that's what I mean. He's playing so well. Like just let him, just let him keep going. I mean, Robertson will get his games. Um, we've got three games this next week, right? We play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. So some something's got to give, and maybe Albie plays all those games. But in terms of who I'd like to see. It's not Robertson. I mean, because that's not really – I mean, if Albie's playing well, then just let him go. My my thing is I would really like to see how Lalana comes back. Yeah. You know, he's been on such a long layoff, uh, and he was so pivotal last season to how we performed and how successful we were. And I, I really want to see how he comes back and how he performs. I think Klopp gives him probably – 20 minutes at the weekend and and then looks to looks to weave them in during midweek and then maybe a little bit against you know maybe give them a full run out against Chelsea. Uh I also like to think that uh Coutinho is going to get back in the lineup. You know, obviously he was injured before the international break, um probably another lower back injury or you know maybe his vagina hurt it, but whatever. Um <laughs> um but now, now that he's uh, now that he's fully fit because he played, you know, a full match for Brazil, um, he maybe he comes back in the lineup and see how he does. I, you know, I'd also like to see or like to think about how you weave Sturge back in the lineup. Um, you know, he, he he had two and two, and then he didn't feature at all in the game before the international break. But you're gonna need him through this Christmas period and you've got three games this week. So I'm interested to see how Klopp uses Sturge. I think in he'll get next some minutes. Contest. Yeah. Well, he's got to, I mean, especially he's... with that goal last time against Sevilla, I think he, he, he wants to play against them again. So I, I don't think, I don't think he plays against Southampton or at least if he does play, he comes on as a late minute sub, or a late game substitute, but I definitely think he, he gets a game either against um, Sevilla or Chelsea I'm venturing to say that Chelsea's probably the game he gets the he gets the start in just because that's his old club, um, and he's typically done pretty well against former clubs. So um, I'd like to see Sturridge get some minutes as well. Absolutely, gents. Well, good talking to you as always. Uh, let's go ahead and get some score predictions real quick before we get out of here. So, Jeffrey, I need uh, your Southampton and Sevilla score predictions. Okay, so Southampton, I'm just going to go consistent with their ties for the last, say, three, four weeks. Uh, Liverpool won, Southampton nil. I think that's the only way we get out of that with a win uh, between Forster and how he plays at Anfield and Van Dyke in front of them. They'll be listless going forward, but they're not going to give up much, much of any goals. So I'm calling one, and hopefully that one happens in the first half so we can relax a little bit, in which case it might turn into two or, God help us, three. But, yeah, I'm going to go with one nil on Southampton. And Sevilla, I'm calling it some away games. They're good for at least one goal. So 2-1 is my score prediction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. All right, Painter, what do you got, man? We're definitely conceding. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'm going to go 2-1 at home to Southampton. I think – I think we're going to give up a goal, and I think uh, Van Dyke is going to be that person that scores it against us on a set piece. Uh, I just don't have a lot of confidence in any of our set piece defending at this point, so um, I don't think anybody does, especially against a six-four 
unit like uh, Van Dyke. So I think we, I, I do think we get the goal. Uh, the goals to win the game, though. I think we come away two one victors. And then against Sevilla, we're definitely giving up a goal, but because they're going to be coming on to us and trying to get the uh, get the win at home, because they need the win at home. And they can't just settle for a draw. I think we end up winning the Sevilla game three one, and I think it's three. Yeah, I think it's three nothing, and then we give up a you know a useless goal because that's what we like to do, uh, and the game ends three one. Love it. Hey. I'm going four uh, one both games, and our towering <laughs> center back, our our, our our towering center back in Monty with a headed goal in both games. Right, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, of course. Or four Matip one both games. Yeah, Matip eight headed goals in the next two games. So that's that's an important. Well, he did. He did. He did get it. He did get off the Schneid on the last game with uh, with a piece goal, but it wasn't by now his head. But yeah, <laughs> he just exactly. he just needed a little confidence, right? Because he owes us about eight headed goals right now. So he's just going to get all of them next. <laughs> Gents, great yeah, having you on as always. And until next time, talk on. Talk on, Joey. Later, guys. Talk on, boy. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com.